1975, Jaws was released. It is routinely regarded as one of the greatest films of all time and is generally credited with creating the concept of the summer blockbuster. In 1978, in an obvious cash grab, Jaws 2 was released, failing to have lightning strike a second time, but presenting a generally enjoyable film. In 1983, Jaws 3D was released, shamelessly attempting to take advantage of a gullible audience. By 1987, there was no pretense of quality as Lorraine Gary and Michael Caine cashed paychecks for sleepwalking through a pointless and incredulous sequel. In 2016, Paul Spatero created Is It Jaws, in which he and a group of rotating guest hosts discuss new and old movies and place them up against the Jaws scale, which ignores some elements of the actual films and sets forth a rating scale. Jaws, an all-time great classic film. Jaws 2, an enjoyable film with some flaws but worthy of multiple viewings. Jaws 3, a moderately enjoyable film. And finally, Jaws 4, a bad movie. Please join Paul and his guests as they ask the ever-important question, Is it Jaws? The next subject on the agenda is the continuing mutual disarmament talks with NATO. This is absolute madness. We know where it will end. NATO will counterattack with nuclear weapons. Who are you? I'm British Secret Service. I was only 007. You'll be replacing 009. He turned up dead in East Germany. The West is decadent. It has no stomach to risk our atomic reprisals. What can you tell me about Kamal Khan? Exiled Afghan prince, sportsman. How do I get you? Mr. Bond. James Bond. Who is he? Englishman likes eggs. Mr. Bond is indeed a very rare breed, soon to be made extinct. Bring him here. You are the mysterious octopus. And you are James Bond, 007 licensed to kill. Am I to be your target for tonight? You have a nasty habit of surviving. Get Bond. 007. On the road. He must be eliminated at once. Take You should be more concerned about getting out of here alive. I am more concerned about an atomic bomb in a U.S. Air Force base. It's too late. You surely can't be inviting a full-scale nuclear war. What happens when the U.S. retaliates? Against whom? Oh my God, of course. Follow that path. Let the sport command. <laughs> You don't mind if we start? 
definitely have to pay it a visit. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Is It Yours? I'm Paul Spitaro, and it is time once again to look at a James Bond film. Therefore, with me are Mr. Chris Tyler and Mr. David Pascarella. How you doing, Hello. guys? Doing all right. Great to be here once again. Yes. So we are rapidly reaching the end of the Roger Moore era. Yeah. We got this one and one more. Wow, as we I can't look at believe 1983's it. Octopussy. Oh, yeah. Now, once again, as I can say most of the time with these movies now, I saw this in the theater. How about you guys? I, I, I did, four. too. <laughs> oh, you're how old, how old are you, Chris? How old I was you? four when this came out. Uh, you know, I'm just happy that th- that you were born at these times of these movies now. Well, <laughs> me too, I guess. There were too many where you, you were like, oh, yeah, I was about three years from being born. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're in my era now, finally. So the, 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 the fascinating thing about this one is it came out the same year as Never Say Never Again, which if people want to look back, uh, Dave and I reviewed that one quite some time ago. And Dave hated it. I kind of liked it. I didn't uh, hate it. I just gave it like, what, a George 73 or something. <laughs> I, I hate it, too. <laughs> but I also when, hate Thunderball, so. Oh. There <laughs> okay, there you go. But now, I saw them both in the same year when they came out. And I got to be honest, I preferred that, that one over this one. Uh, and it's not that. It's not that I thought this one was bad. I just felt this one had a little less substance to it. Um, this this one felt, you know, it, it felt honestly a little formulaic to me. Uh, it it felt a little bit like like they were just kind of going through the paces. Yeah, this one is. Uh, I this one to me is just. Bland. Yeah, well, that that kind of fits with what I'm saying, and that's not yeah. to say I didn't find it entertaining. I still I find every James Bond movie entertaining to some level, uh, but this one, did, you know, it didn't have as many pluses as I normally look for. Uh, you know, more. I got to tell you, you know, more was holding up fairly well uh, physically at this point. He's probably. I guess he was about he was in his mid fifties at the time this came out. Jesus, he was that. Yeah, I mean he did look wow. pretty good. Yeah. Right. He was born. I think he was born in nineteen twenty seven, if my memory is right. Let me take a look at that. Uh, he was born in yes October of nineteen twenty seven. So oh, this boy. movie came out in nineteen eighty three, which would have him at about you know fifty six years old, fifty five years old. But that's not really that old. I mean. Well, <clears throat> I mean, for a leading man in a action adventure franchise, it's it's a little high up there. What are you saying? Paul and I couldn't be the leading man in an action adventure franchise? I don't know. Maybe if they did an action version <laughs> I mean, of Grumpy Old Men. <laughs> put it put it this way: Roger Moore was was a tad younger than I am now when he did this movie, but I still think it's kind of you know long in the tooth to be playing James Bond. Now, that said, I think he held up pretty well. I think for his age, he looked pretty good and could kind of get away with playing a younger man than he was. You know, he was about, like I said, roughly 55, 56 years old. I think he got he could have easily passed for late 40s, early 50s. 
but even that's a little old for James Bond. Yeah. Now, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why I was a little bit more comfortable with Never Say Never Again, because in that movie, they were kind of acknowledging that Bond was older. They weren't trying to hide it and pretend like he was 35 years old anymore. And Sean Connery is actually like three years younger than Roger Moore. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I thought he held up look-wise and fine. To be blunt, it's the next movie that's the bridge too far. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> In terms of the look, looks-wise, uh, I mean, this one is kind of where it starts. T- to me, though, this is the one, the, the bridge too far, where there's, there's just so much shtick in it you know well like and that's, that's oh, that. i think the absolute worst moment in the movie is when he says uh sit uh, i you know there's a whole bunch of stuff there's yeah there's a lot of bits of it like and it's not even it, as a kid this one was on all the time so i'd watch it all the time but now it's Oh God! The camel doing a double take. We had a bird doing a double take. Now we got a camel doing a double. Like it's just too much. It's just too much. And I like Goofy Bond, but oh God, you know. Well, I mean, even uh, the whole business where uh, they're having the the fight and the uh, the, the Rick. Is it called a rickshaw? You know, I don't it's like know. the little vehicle and the guy VJ's fighting the guy off. With the tennis right? That's right. Yeah, it's just... And thank God for hard cash. Yeah, I don't care how hard that cash is. That wasn't going to stop that. <laughs> Was he Teddy Roosevelt? With a 40-page speech? Yeah, there's just too much. It's too much I can't get over in this one. You didn't like the crocodile submarine? Uh, you know, if it was any other movie that was not a James Bond film, probably. But... I almost expected Leslie Nielsen to be in there. <laughs> We're all counting on you. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, but the, yeah, like the stuff like that. Uh, and I expect the cue scenes to be goofy, but holy crap. You really, way to put a point on it. It's like, oh, James Bond is going to zoom in on a girl's boobs. Like, hey. uh, uh Really? This is why we're here now? There's a line he says at one point in the picture about the island, or that it's just for uh, women, and he says something like sexual discrimination or something like that. And I'm well, like, that's true. But the nerve of anyone on the planet to say that. Well, that's, that's, that's the kind of humor that should be in it. Uh yeah, and I, and I, and I and I feel bad because it's because Louise Jordan is a good actor, right? And you oh, have but he, like, he was miscast in this movie. But but you know what? But they have him like as the anti Bond, which is kind of cool. You know, that's something that they really could have run with. Well, I'll I'll be blunt with you, the concept I think is a good concept from the eighties. If you if you really look at the world at that time, the whole uh, status of Russian forces in Europe, yeah. I mean, that that's all accurate. And the whole plan of the United States from Eisenhower was the Russians roll in, we're going to nuke them. Yeah. That was, I remember that being a big issue with those 
uh, Pershing missiles in uh, Europe, particularly Germany, when Reagan was president. But it's the implementation of the concept. Yeah, it's I, it is the you know it's just, Orlov is so over the top, right? It's like, uh, and I get it. It's the Cold War, it's the eighties, and that's the kind of stuff that I usually gobble up with a spoon. But he's so theatrical and dramatic that it seems so out of place. Because then you have General Gogol, who's been in other, you know, some of the other films, and it's like, I'll fixate on that guy because he's not playing above or below the material. He's playing the character. <laughs> so it's... Uh, he was know. one of the best characters in the picture. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I, I, now, I, I now also... that was... The- Sorry, I also thought this movie did not do the same stellar casting with the Bond women that we usually see. Oh, you know, well, here's my here's my wife's response to while I was rewatching this today. She and pardon her language. She's like, did nobody back then have any? It's <laughs> 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 like. You can feel free to edit that. I said, well, you know. I'll I'll just beep it. It's the early 80s. What do you want? Yeah. Well, I I, I mean, I thought Magda was pretty, but not the bombshell that we usually get. And and I've never been much of a Maud Adams fan. And and why they bring her back a second time to play a different part is just beyond me. I mean. She's available. It, it made no sense to me, though. You you know, you get somebody new. She was she was just not only was she already in a Bond movie, she was in a Bond movie with Roger Moore. Right. It isn't even like, oh, she was in with Sean Connery and we're bringing her back. It, it made no sense to me to to, to cast her in the role. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not... So so you you're preferring her in this over the man with the golden gun. No. Which is not really necessarily a big deal if you do. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. It's, it's close. I find that to I be very she, attractive. So I don't think I she like was her. particularly good in that. I don't think she's particularly good in this. I, did, I certainly didn't think she was so good in that that, that they thought, oh, we need to find a way to bring her back. No, but it's, she's got an interesting face and she's kind of exotic and she's got an accent. Yeah. It's not that she's not pretty, uh, and and there's not like a sex appeal about her. But again, I mean, there's so many beautiful women out there, and that's the whole idea with the Bond women is, you know, to have have a beautiful woman who also is in some way, uh, you know, suited for an action role. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what did you make out of? Uh... BJ. <laughs> do, do we have to make something out of him? Oh, I think he, we're going to have to address He, he see, seems like a nice guy, and, and I get that they're, they're you know, trading on the conceit of, oh, that's BJ Armitage, who's actually a tennis player. That's great. But, but I, I don't care. He reminded me of, of uh, in True Lies, there's a, a character that's like one of the assistants in their group. Faisal. Is that his name? I don't even remember. Yes, yeah. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's exa- you know what? That's exactly what it is. We're going to have the uh, person who's, uh, you know, non-white, and he's really good at certain things, and he's going to also be comic relief. 
And he's going to end up dead meat by the end of the movie. Yeah. Oh, spoiler alert, by the way. Spoiler <laughs> alert! Well, what I kept thinking was when Q said, says to him, uh, don't be learning any bad habits from him, I'm thinking Q should have given him a heads up, you know, it usually doesn't go well for people in your position. Right. You might want to really. transfer someone else. And then, you know, I was looking, you know, Q's working on all these these things. There wasn't one thing that he was working on that I could see any sort of, like, really functional use for it. You mean the telescoping rope? Come on. You never know when you might need one of those. That's was true. It the, the, the door that, like... What is it? The knives come, knives come out of it or something? Yeah, I mean, you'd have to know that your enemy is coming towards you. <laughs> like, like that just seems unfeasible too. And now we have Apple watches, so the you know, the watch at least was you know prescient. Oh, speaking of technology, you know what I got a kick out of? And Paul, you should remember this too. <laughs> when he's trying to listen in and she's using the hair dryer and he can't get any reception. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that used to be with everything. You'd be watching television. Someone would turn on the vacuum next door. Oh yeah, you, you, you get those out. lines along the TV. Uh, right. That's right. I, I forgot I, all I about that. I remember that stuff too. I'm not that young. Come on now. <laughs> That's true. I had I had a record player. Come on. A Victrola. We we did have a Victrola actually. No joke. <laughs> So I, didn't like, oh, I, didn't, I didn't really like uh, Roger Moore in the sad clown makeup. I, I, the, well, the whole clown, the first part with 009, and then him, it's just like, I remember watching it the first time as a kid, and even as a kid I was like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Like, is this a Bond movie? Like, it threw me for a loop. I, I kind of felt overall that like all the performances in this movie pretty much either felt mailed in or over the top. That is a perfect way to describe it. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. This, I you know I don't I of, of the movies we've reviewed so far, and I don't remember what you know how, how we came down on all of them, but uh, you know. At this point, I got to say this: this is definitely one of the weaker ones. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's like you know the uh, the stereotypical meal. You know, it's, it's Bond. It's enjoyable. There's action. There's nothing where you're sitting there and you're saying, "Oh, this is horrible. I can't wait for it to be over." But like when it's over, 15 minutes after it's done, there's really nothing that makes you want to put it on. You know, like nothing that makes you want to relive the moment. It's like, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's, that's over, goodbye. Yeah, this, I, I, I never find myself coming back to to rewatch this one for any reason. Um, just There's just not enough in it that I enjoy. Especially when there's, you know, 20-something other movies I could be watching. I saw this in the movies. I didn't hate it as a kid, but I don't think I've ever watched it again until now. <laughs> Not for any that I had some hateful memory of it, just, I don't know. You're proving our point. What do, what do you think of uh, All Time High as the theme song? I'll be blunt. It's <laughs> awful. It is one of the worst James Bond theme songs. It is bland, uh, and I don't care for it. See, I don't think it's awful, but I do think it's forgettable, much like the movie itself. 
I remember when this movie came out and that song was first released. Before I saw the movie, you know, you hear the song. And one of my friends said, you know, what do you think? Is it going to be a hit? And I said, well, it's going to be because it's the theme song from a Bond movie. And, and every every theme song from a Bond movie is, is a hit to some level or another. And that's – I kept that – was, that was my way of looking at it until Die Another Day came out. <laughs> but uh yeah it's 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 like it's to me it's an inoffensive song it's fine it's kind of catchy but it's like the movie itself it's forgettable yeah do you believe do you think they were preparing to replace miss money penny i know she stays around but it seemed to me that you know bringing that Miss Smallbone. 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 Smallbone, right? Yeah. It just I, seemed to give so much attention to the. I I kind of figured that that was going to be the end of Miss Money Penny. But she doesn't ever turn up again, right? Uh, well, Smallbone. Smallbone. I do not believe we ever see again. Okay. But I wonder if that was a thought and it just went nowhere, or it was just for a gag, or. Oh, maybe, maybe maybe Lois Maxwell was saying she didn't want to be there anymore, and they thought, okay, we got to have, you know, somebody to replace her. Maybe maybe you know, in contract negotiations, she was not so easy to get to come back, and they thought, okay, let's let's have somebody so that if we don't use her next time, you know, we we have some continuity going, mm. which continuity in Bond films at this point is not really uh, <laughs> much wrong anyway. franchise. Once again, Maud Adams. Could have, you know, it would have been great if it was her sister, and she was coming back for revenge or something. <laughs> that see that that makes more sense. Yeah, see, you yeah. and I, we sit down, we do a screenplay, we do a better script. Yeah, probably in, in five minutes. In five, in five minutes. minutes, yes. Did so you now, just find that there were a lot of dopes in this movie? To be blunt, uh, I mean. From the very beginning, I got to bring this up. The whole business, I'm guessing they were supposed to be in Cuba in the opening. Oh, yeah. I mean, they all had American M16s, which came out after Cuba was on the no trade list. But we'll let that go. But that's, I guess, supposed to be Fidel Castro, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Close enough. I think it definitely is supposed to be. Who the hell wears a parachute? When they're not getting on an airplane. Dopes in movies. <laughs> Who sets themselves up with a little escape plane and doesn't have enough gas? Right. Uh, even the hero <laughs> being a dope in his own movie. I had to back that up because I thought I missed something. I thought maybe he got damaged and fuel was leaking. And it's like, no. So you mean and to you tell me that thing was going to get him back to Miami to meet up with that chick? I don't think so. So, and, and you know, just a, another thing is the the big, powerful henchman bodyguard, who who was you know did appear powerful enough and all of that, but he was kind of just bland, just like the movie. Yeah. But to to defeat him with the antenna in the face trick, uh, you know, again, it just felt like eh. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what that's exactly what this movie is. A lot of eh. Well, how'd you like when Double All Nine crashes through the window at the British Embassy before he dies? That's oh, like exactly garbage. like how a clown would. 
Well, that's garbage security, too, though. I mean, you yeah. can get that far in and just fall in. Anything about nah. this movie that stood out to you as being, you know, pretty good? Not even necessarily excellent. Uh, I, I'm going to sound like a jerk. No, I just, there's, there's just too much that draws me away from what enjoyment I might find in this one. I'll, I'll give you two things that I liked about it. I liked the auction scene when Bond switches the egg. And he plays Khan. You know, he, he, he plays him to make him a bit higher. I even like the scene, even when he, you know, when, you know, looking back, when he takes the egg, you could see he kind of does a quick double take with it. So you could even see, as you rewatch it, where he, where he swapped out the egg. Right. And, and you know what? In a more serious Bond movie, that I would... I, probably be excited by that but I, I, there's just too much in this that just draws me away from even being invested well, the other thing I liked but I think they didn't really play it up as well as they could have like I said I thought the uh, big bodyguard henchman was kind of bland I liked I dug the uh, the two guys with the knives throwing them back and forth and stuff I thought that was kind of cool and I think they could have been played to greater effect and that's the thing again with this. Everything could have been used to greater effect. Oh, and, and, and just another thing to point out from the negative end, when they're in the, I don't even know what you call it, the area where, where there's all the different things going on and he's fighting and he pulls the sword out of the guy's mouth, he throws the guy on the, the bed of uh, nails. Uh, it's just, it's grown worthy. It, isn't it though? There's a Tarzan yell in the movie. Oh, my God, yeah. I forgot <laughs> You know, when that. he's playing Indiana Jones, he runs into snakes, he runs into spiders. Oh. I'll tell you what I did like. There, give me something, was, Dave. Give me something. I, I'm going to give you something positive here. When he meets Octopussy for the first time, I thought it was kind of kind of cool they hit her face in the beginning. Almost, and I got that vibe of uh, On Her Majesty's Secret Service. It, it gives you a little Blofeld feel when they were hiding right. her face. But when her story comes out, and it's that her dad was a rogue agent, and Bond was the one to bring bring him in, and he gave him the 24 hours, you know, to wrap up his affairs, and the guy killed himself, it wasn't, and I'm going to get even with you for that, it was, no, I appreciate, you know, you gave my father the option to take the honorable way out. I thought that was neat that it went against, you know, the revenge thing that we yeah. normally see in these pictures. I'll agree with you on that. Fair enough. So we have a couple of minor pluses. Minor, yes. Uh, and any other points on this one? It's it's where it's worn out. It's welcome pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I wish I had better things to say about it, but it's. Or, or, you know, if you have other negative things to say, now is the time. Yeah. The police chase sucked. And, you know, <laughs> you know me, my thing is I love this movie needed J.W. Pepper to bring. No, 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 no. So you're, say, got... you're saying this movie was so bad that J.W. Pepper actually would have made, him, made it better. Yeah, because that would have just been a complete comedy. It would have been great. 
there is he definitely too. There's definitely too much comedy in this movie. That the woman won't get off the phone. Uh, come on. He's Bond. He could have grabbed her and took her off the phone. Well, it's Daniel just... Craig would have done that, but not Roger Moore. Oh, and I was also thinking uh, customs getting out of East Germany. Worst customs people on the planet. He's standing in a gorilla suit in plain view, and nobody notices. Well, you know, it was before the wall fell. <laughs> okay. So we're just saying that they're complete idiots on the other side. In this film, yes. I'm also going to point out uh, the uh, meeting of the Soviet High Command, which is chaired by Brezhnev, who died a year before the movie came out. <laughs> Oh man! Did anybody else get a Doctor Strange love vibe from that scene? Yes, a little bit. Yes, and not in a but like not in a good way. Like just oh, you just you're getting everything about this wrong. Like oh, and we've learned car versus train, car loses. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I didn't need a movie to tell me that. <laughs> well, just in case, you know. All right, so we're going to oh. wrap this one up quickly. Oh, no, one, wait. One, one more thing. I'm sorry. All right, Don't be sorry. Let's Just go. go. I think I kind of have to state the obvious. Octopussy, pussy galore. Yeah. Flying circus, circus. It's like they're not even trying. There was a point where he's when he's in India and there's like music in the background. I swear I almost thought I heard a few tones of the Goldfinger theme in it. It wouldn't surprise me. And see, that's how little I've paid attention to this movie. <laughs> I wouldn't even know if it was there or not. So, but yeah, that's that's that's. I, I mean, and this was this was at the point where Moore's contract was movie to movie. I mean, he wanted out after originally after his third one, you know? So, I don't know. Did they, did they back up the money truck? Did he see something in this script? Like, I I don't know. Which would you rather have, Chris, when you go to India? Monkey brains or sheep brains? Um, uh, probably just the women. Excuse me for sounding like Bond, but the women. You take that however you want. All right. <laughs> so now we're gonna uh, we're gonna mercifully wrap this one <laughs> and say how are we ranking it, guys? Well, you know, I'll just I, I won't I won't bury the lead here. This is Jaws four. All right, it's Jaws 4. You know what? No, no. It's Jaws from Back to the Future 2. So what is that, Jaws 7? Well, that means it's so bad that it's funny and it's enjoyable because it's so bad. Ah, uh, all right. Uh, is it? Uh, all right, it's Jaws 4. I'll stick with the system. It's Jaws 4. I'm going to go with the, uh, what is, is it Jaws 5, where it's so terrible? That it's funny? 
Well, it's yeah, it's Jaws five or Jaws seventeen, whatever it was from Back to the Future too. I'm I'm gonna go with that because it's a terrible movie. Like I said, the concept is good, but the implementation is horrible. But despite all that, I could sit through this. My, the high. other one that has a special place for me is George Four that I can't s- stand that picture. This <laughs> one, I, I, I can watch it. It's passes time. I'm going to say I would, you know, I would never go or I, I don't think I ever have sought this out to watch it again uh, because, you know, because it was so entertaining that I needed to watch it again. Uh, but if I was flipping through the channels and I came upon it, I might stop and watch a little bit of it. To me, you know, even the worst Bond has some entertaining moments in it. Uh, I think this this kind of fits that bill. There's still a couple of entertaining moments. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a like I'm gonna give it a lower level, but a Jaws three just the same. I'm gonna say it doesn't quite hit the Jaws four level. Oh, you're lenient, lenient. That's all right. Scrapes it scrapes the bottom of Jaws three. Ooh, that's not uh, that that might even be worse than the Jaws four then. Scraping the barnacles off of it. Yar. <laughs> so that'll do it for Jaws uh, for Jaws for pussy. <laughs> do we not even Next. care about the box office? Wow, this is this is blowing up the whole thing. <laughs> the movie's so bad it destroyed the format. Okay, let's see what the let's see what the the box office is on this since you're gonna be you know get all upset if I don't. Hey, I'm just keeping you on program. What do you want? Right, so now, what do you think? What do you think? What do you guys think the budget is? First of all, uh, 1983 James Bond movie. I'll say 40 million. Dave, I'm not good at this. I would have no idea. I'll agree with Chris. Wow, and it shows. Well, if you think about it, there really aren't that many special effects, excuse me, that many special effects sequences in it. Can we find out how much Roger Moore got out of that? Uh, That would be interesting to find out, but... He got... There are probably places to find it. I I get the feeling he got a lot, because like Chris said, he was kind of uh, ready to to wrap up this uh, role and came back so i'm assuming he got a significant payday what do you think the box office was uh 27 and a half maybe as i mean this is the same year as never say never again uh i'll say i'll say 80 million i bet what do you think dave i bet he's right i i think it was a very profitable picture it was a very profitable picture. There you go. The box office was one hundred and eighty-seven point five million. Wow. Ah. Wow. That's that's. Well, it was Bond in the eighties. I mean, people were were digging it, so that's that's cool. Well, that's like yeah. that's what I said. That's why I gave it a Jaws five. You know, it's not something I w- I hate. It's entertaining. I, suspect, I wonder. I suspect there are there are aspects of the movie that we're being harsh on now, and I don't really remember this well enough to to say this from memory so much as just speculation. 
but I think there are things that we're being harsh on now that back in 1983 didn't bother us so much. Uh, that's probably true. quite as much. Well, I, I mean, this is kind of also a course correction, ostensibly from the last movie, which I really enjoyed, but it's, you know, not nearly as gritty, um, if you can call Fear Eyes only gritty. Um, it, had, it had its gritty moments, which this yeah. one lacked. Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> But this this one, you know, and overall, it, it didn't have the same it didn't have the same gravitas in the performances, and that to me that carried a lot of it. Yeah. Oh, and and just just you know, another point is, uh, Roger Moore now responds to the James Bond theme being played by people on the street. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh... That's just that's that's just a little too meta for me. He he was looking for a check for use of his theme. <laughs> Is John Barry here? <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking, this is at around about the same time, like, uh, what was it, Cannonball Run came out, Ballpark? I think where he was playing Run was before this, I think. Before this. Like what, about 1980, 81? Yes. Pretty close. And he's playing this part in that movie, where he's playing himself, supposedly. Yeah, that's a, uh, yeah. It's like he's spoofing the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, but you should never spoof Bond from within his own franchise. But that's my opinion. To see when the movie came out. And it's eluding me for the moment. 1981. That's not far off. I mean. Maybe he figured I'm coming to the end of the run on this. I'm going to have a few laughs. I'm not saying that was a good philosophy, but that's kind of what it seems like. For what it for what it's worth, I like the Cannonball Run. No, yeah. that's a great movie. That would yeah, be, nothing that wrong would with be that. Uh, maybe we'll cover that one one day. But for now, we're gonna call a, we're gonna call an end to uh, this episode of Is It Yours? And next time out for Bond, we'll be doing A View to a Kill, which is, I think commonly thought of as a lesser movie than this and let's see what the three of us think once we've rewatched it all right thanks for coming on guys happy to be here as always thank you paul always a pleasure thank you everybody for listening to us as we railed on about this one (laughs) (laughs) we'll see you in two weeks